This is the Gig Ready Podcast. This is it. Here we are. Gig ready. We're back this week. Excited for a new conversation uh, with a gentleman that actually doesn't really um, live in the AV space at all. Definitely in the podcast world. Definitely doing a lot of recording and things like that, but uh, non-AV and we're excited to have him here. But first, just wanted to remind everybody to let those that are out there that don't know Gig Ready Tell them about it. Let them know what's going on. Subscribe, like, tell everybody how they can get in touch and how they can get in contact with us because, man, we just want to help you become better professionals, get as much value in your hands as we can. We're not asking anything. We're not asking money. We're not throwing down ads, anything like that. We're just excited to have you here. So let's jump right in. Today we've got Zach Babcock. He is the host of Underdog Empowerment quite a story uh, in terms of his life and and just how everything has happened. And now he is killing it in the podcast world with some incredible courses and classes and training and growing a brand. And uh, we're just excited to have him here. Zach, thanks for being here today, man. Yo, what's up, Jordan, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. I was uh, doing a lot of thinking, you know, you, you threw out there that you wanted to be on some podcasts and just do some other stuff and jam with some other people. And I thought that was outstanding, especially even willing to come on a, a, a podcast that's way more niche than necessarily your standard, you know, oh gosh, we got to encourage and keep people going and motivation and all this kind of stuff, but very focused on uh, the live event industry. And we have a lot of people in the industry that... Um, don't come from conventional backgrounds. They come from places uh, of challenge. They've come from, you know, down and out. They've they've changed. They've changed not only employers, but they've changed complete industries and careers and everything else. Um, I know guys that uh, that have been in jail. I know guys that have been in prison. I know guys that have done stuff that, in a lot of industries, especially corporate, they are like done like nobody's gonna touch them with a 10-foot pole because they don't want to deal with that and you have like overcome that tremendously um so why don't you just start real quick give us a little bit of background and then kind of where all of you know that took place and then where you began working your way out to realize wow i got i have to do something different yeah man right on dude um for sure uh, I grew up uh, without a father figure. He died when I was seven and my mom never remarried. And uh, I think, you know, that had a, you know, it's actually some stuff that I've been uh, working on a lot lately. It's kind of like healing like traumas or whatnot. But uh, I think, uh, you know, cause I lost all my immediate family members, my mom, my sister, my dad at a pretty young age, my dad at seven and my mom and sister in my, in my early twenties. But, um, I think, you know, that loss, like I, I would hold up walls and get uh, be scared to get too close to people, uh, mm-hmm. essentially. And um, I didn't have any chief aim in life. I was just doing a bunch of stupid stuff. And I w- wouldn't go to school, was smoking weed, just just trying to fit in and trying to be accepted by other people, probably more than what your average kid does. And uh, that led to a lot of poor decisions. I ended up going to prison. I caught a seven-year sentence. I did four years flat. A lot of stuff happened during that time. I got out for about two years and then I went back to prison just 20 days from my twin sons were born. And um, 
for me, that was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And that's when I was like, uh, Jordan, I was like, dude, I don't care. I'm done. I'm getting on. I'm going to be uh, in my kid's life. I don't know, you know, how that looks like, but I just know I'm going to be there and I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make it happen. And, you know, here we are over six years later from, from getting out and, uh, you know, lots changed and uh, move, moving in the right direction in life finally. Wow. So really it was the kids that, you know, the kids, the family that was the catalyst to say, all right, I got to, I got to do something different. Like we got to change or we're just going to keep going down this hill for a, a really, really long time, basically till we die at that point. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. They, that, uh, I was so super painful for me because all I, I wanted to be a father my whole life because I didn't have one. You know, I couldn't wait to be a dad and uh, coach my kids at football practice. I used to go to football practice and see all my friends' dads here and used to wonder how that felt. And so, yeah, yeah missing out on their birth uh, was pretty hard. And I'm grateful, though, because it brought me to where I'm at today and got me to wake up. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that need to wake up and understand that life can be way better than it is. And uh you know, where, where was your thought process the second time you went back and you're sitting there realizing, wow, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to change. I have to make an adjustment. Did you say, all right, I have to do this on my own, or I got a bunch of people that I need to find and grab and do this? Was it just, uh, I'm going to pull up my pants and just rah, go for it? Or did you spend some time sitting down, thinking about it, calculating how you were going to actually approach the whole thing? Yeah, I did a lot of thinking uh, leading up to getting out. So I ended up just doing eight months that second time, even though that felt a hundred times longer than that four years that I did prior. But uh, um, really it was like an instant shift, man. I woke up and I, uh, you know, the, the pain and the, and the, and the reality settled in and it was super painful. And it was just like, man, but at the same time, I visualized what my life was going to be like if I kept doing the same, same thing. And it was going to be in and out of prison my entire life or in there for the rest of my life or dead. Yeah. Uh, but none of those three options were going to be in my kid's life. So, you know, that's why I was just like, I'm done. And yeah. it was just like an instant shift. That's awesome. So now you're changing your, okay, eight months, you get out. Um, what were, what were kind of, what was the next year or, or two years? Like, were you just spending time trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now that, you know, I'm a felon, I have a record, like there's only minimal things that I can, you know, cause in, in our industry, you know, a lot of people are contractors. So there's not, there's no employment requirements or people that are going to say, oh, well, we're not going to hire felons or we're not going to hire this or that. You know, they're not looking at our records. They're not looking at that sort of stuff. They're saying, are you good at what you do? Can you deliver in a, in a structure of high intensity, hard work, like making sure that you're 100% ready to go? There he is, Joe Mack. <laughs> What's up, dude? He's connecting. Um, but through that, I mean, what, um, wh what was that process like for you trying to navigate that whole thing? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. When I got out, uh, dude, I, uh, became an entrepreneur and, uh, because I, you know, I couldn't, uh, I put myself in the position that I didn't, didn't have a lot of opportunity, uh, in other places, uh, which I'm grateful for, but, um, I got laughed at for the next three and a half years. Uh, for trying to be an entrepreneur, uh, figuring it out. I, for the first two years, uh, I was getting laughed at, but I was actually 
being somewhat successful while well, I was being successful. I was in network marketing for those two years and I built up almost $2,000 a month residual income. Uh, you know, it was funny because at that time, uh, I didn't know what network marketing was. So you couldn't even scare me <laughs> off with the word pyramid scheme. It was, <laughs> it was just an opportunity for me, man. And I was hungry. And so I made the most of it. But um, I ended up losing my passion for it and wanted to do my own thing. And uh, and then I, I left uh, there in the beginning of 2017 and I uh, didn't have any success for the, ne the next year and a half was getting laughed at plus just failing miserably. And uh, yeah, it was pretty rough, but uh, all that built a strength of character and mental fortitude that I'm grateful for for today. I, I yeah, the the strength of character, the fortitude is critical, and especially in what we do, um, a lot of what we do tends to be long days, late nights. I mean, we're talking like problems that nobody else faces, and you're like, how do I figure this out? Um, and under like that resilience is incredibly crucial to to what we do. When you are getting, you know, whether it's laughed at or, you know, people saying, what are you doing, man? Why don't you just go and figure something else out, go work for somebody else, whatever. Um, what was drive, what was driving you through that process of, I got to do, you know, entrepreneur, I got to be, I got to be my own man, etc. Well, um, there was a bunch of things, honestly. Um, number one was, was, you know, for my, for me and to be, be in my kid's life. So, uh, yeah, it was for my kids, but it was more so for me to be in my kid's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, for my kids as well. So I had all the internal reasons and then I had a bunch of external reasons like, dude, I'm going to prove these, gonna prove these people wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to show them, you know, I'm a competitor, man. I am a competitor. I'm a been a competitor my entire life. It's super ultra highly competitive. And so all this was for me, you know, and I, and I'm not saying this to sound arrogant in any way, shape or form, but I mean, after going through prison, man, this entrepreneurship stuff is like a walk in the park compared to, to that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, there ain't much else you could throw at me. I was, I was going to say, I can't understand what you're saying at all, really. I mean, never having experienced anything like that, I, I can only take your word for it, and I believe it wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what of that, you know, what from prison really makes you look at this and say, gosh, why is this so, I mean, this is easy in comparison. Like, what, what, what is that? Yeah, and, and, and just before we go on, uh, I'll, I'll clarify, too. I'm not I'm not saying entrepreneurship is easy because it's because it's not it's yeah. been a it's been a it's been a it's been a go I'll tell you what but uh but um yeah I definitely faced way more adversity uh, going through the through the prison system so I draw on those adversities for power and strength man and what I mean by that like like there's lessons that I learned like when my sister died. Uh, while I was in prison, I was in the hole and I found out about it while I was in the hole. And, uh, um, you know, and, and I was like literally in the holes, which you're you're in a cell by yourself. It's like eight by 10 cell. No, very little to no human interaction. And I found out that she's dead. My mom found her dead on the floor with a needle in her arm in the bathroom. I got a 30 second phone call to my mom. We're bawling our eyes out, all this stuff. And then the phone hangs up and then I'm back in myself for the next 60 days. And, um, yeah, and uh, 
you know, on the third day, you know, all I did was cry for three days straight. Didn't, didn't even get out of bed, super use the, use the restroom. But on that third day, I woke up and I was like, you know, God, I don't know why I'm alive, but there's got to be a reason because I'm still here. What do I got to do to find happiness, happiness and peace? And uh, that question led me to figuring out what I could do inside of the eight by 10 cell to find happiness and peace. And I'll spare the details, but I went through this whole little process of cleaning every single day at the same time, putting everything exactly in the same spot when I'm done with it, working out same time, writing letters, this, this whole routine. And uh, that showed, taught me two great lessons. One, the quality of questions that you ask yourself will, term, will determine the quality of life you have. You know, if you ask bad questions, you get bad answers. If you ask good questions, you get good ones. Uh, and number two, uh, it doesn't it doesn't matter what happens uh, or what your circumstances. You got complete control of your life because mm-hmm. uh, nobody can control how you respond to it. Like, yeah, I couldn't control that. I couldn't get out of that prison cell or that my sister died. Not changing that, but I did get to decide how I chose to respond to that that's my choice can't yeah. nobody make me respond a certain way only i can yeah 100 percent um wow you said something there schedule you created your own schedule so basically you began that process even before you i guess realized you started the process understanding like schedule and how that actually makes things better that's something i've always struggled with is schedule um mm-hmm. What have you done in the last five to six years to better kind of work schedule, work consistency, create an environment where you're, you're succeeding? Cause our, you know, in our world, it's, you know, I always joke with people that there's three types of days in the world. There's a show day, a non-show day, and then there's Christmas. And so it's, it's one of those three. Um, and through all of that, schedule is critically important, but because there's different each, you know, different day, a show day is going to be, you might have an 8am call time. Well, but tomorrow it's a 6am call time. So creating that schedule is incredibly difficult. Um, what did you do to help create yourself as a schedule or create the schedule, but then also adapt it as things change and as things move and as day to day goes? Yeah, man, that's a great question right there. And, um, it's definitely evolved and grown over the years. Um, I started actually writing down my goals shortly after I got out of prison when I joined network marketing. It's one of the best things about network marketing was for me to introduce me uh, to personal development and taught me a lot through that. But uh, I started t- doing goals there and, you know, it was way more effective than doing no goals, but it was so much less effective than what it is now and i don't remember exactly like all the different changes i made along the way but i can kind of just run through my little process very quickly to give you what it looks like today but uh it's i I have i i I do this i every 90 days i set the intention for the next 90 days of where we're where we're going and all all areas of life mind body soul relationships finance and then after i make those 90 day goals uh, then I go after it. And how I do that, man, I get clear on the identity of who I am first and then what I want and then why is what I want important to who I am. And so I go through that process. And after I get the site set, then I go through and I set my weekly goals. And uh, and how I do it is I do them on Sundays because I do a journal exercise every single day. 
And then on Sundays, I read all my journal exercises from that week and review my goals and think about how my week went. And then I'll write another journal entry based on that. And then I'll set my goals and sites for the next week based on my 90 day goals. And then I set them into set them into play. And then after I set the goals, then I go to my Google calendar and then I block everything off time blocks of when I'm going to work on each goal. And that's how I stay to it. It's not the perfect model, but it works for me. That's, I mean, well, and that's what matters. I mean, to win your way, to, to succeed the way you want to succeed and get what you want, you have to do what works for you. Um, and that's critical. So on the, on the pod, on the, one of your podcasts I was listening to while I was exercising this week, um, you were talking about defining what you want in terms of how your like your wins defining what winning what success looks like to you and i think in our industry that's really hard cuz most of the time everyone says i just want to gig as much as possible and make as much money as i can because we're in a feast or famine industry it's like either you're working a ton or you're probably not working at all. And so it's this binge purge, binge purge, back and forth kind of thing. Um, but to create a more consistent lifestyle through it, um, I really agree that you have to define what winning looks like to you. And I even struggle with that. Like I actually haven't fully, I have like this number of, oh, I want to build a company that's this big. But that really truly isn't me defining what winning looks like to me. Um how do, how do you def, like what do you define with that and how did you actually you know come up like what how what was that process like for you yeah man i love that uh you're asking this because um th- i feel like this is some of the most important thing probably the most important thing you can do as an entrepreneur uh or as a human being for that for that one of the most important things but uh it really is man you, you think about it it's crazy right so uh, a lot of us entrepreneurs, w- w- we make fun of the nine to fivers and and say like, you know, you know, they're just they're they're going through the motions, they're doing stuff that they hate doing, they're living for the weekend, yada yada yada, all this and that. But in in a lot of ways, a lot of entrepreneurs do the same same shit, man. They're doing they're doing they're doing stuff that they don't want to do to impress people that they don't even like, and um and and they. And they're hustling, hustling, growing, 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 just to grow, just to grow. There's no like real reason behind it. And they, yeah. they can't wait to get the, the Lamborghini or whatever and all this stuff. And some people, they don't even care about Lamborghinis. They just want to get it to impress people they don't like. And I'm like, you know, like what success is to me probably would not make you happy. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. You yeah. know, and so you got to get you got to get clear on what's going to make you happy and what winning looks like to you. Cause you can't win a race that you don't want to be in. Nope. And so for me, man, um, you know, I, got, I, I changed my life because I wanted to be a father and want to be in my kid's life. And then I got out and did this entrepreneurship thing, got sucked into the whole, Oh, I want time and financial freedom. So I'm going to slave away now and sacrifice everything now to get it. And so I started sacrificing my mind, body, soul, relationship everything but the business and uh and i realized man that here i am you know in the beginning of january or beginning of 2021 in january uh at the end of january and and i'm like dude i'm working i bet for the last few years i've been working 16 to 18 hour days five to seven days a week and barely hang out my kids at all you know what i'm saying like 
And so I made hard changes in January, man, and said, man, uh, and it, this came about through many, many, many journal exercises, meditations, thinking. Uh, but for me, man, I'm not going to just go all in a business. I'm going to, I want to have it all. And I had this little exercise called, can I have it all? I write that, can I have it all? And then I'm like, what does all mean to me? And then I start writing down and then I do what's my best week ever. What does that look like? And I write everything that happens through that week of what my ideal life looks like. And that's how I get clear on what I want, who I am, what I want, and why that's important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, knowing those things is, is incredibly crucial. Um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people do in our industry is they'll jump at every opportunity that comes their way, no matter how much money you can make, whether it's tiny or a ton, uh, because of that whole feast or famine mentality. So it's really tough sometimes to pick and choose, um, I'm going to do this because this is what I should do to go in the direction I want to go. Um, instead, they're like, well, I got to do this. I got to grab this. I got to grab this. I got to grab this. Because if I don't grab all of it, then I'll, I won't get any of it. Um, but it sounds to me as if you've really started to perfect that idea of, okay, here are the things that are most important to me. Here's what I'm going to do to get there. And I'm only going to do these things. Um, does that sound similar to kind of what the, the direction you're, you're trying to go? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, I mean, I, I still, um, struggle with what you're talking about too, man. I feel like every, I think every person does to an extent, man, because when you're inside the bottle, you can't read the label on the outside. Yeah. And so you get distracted by busy work or shiny objects. And, um, it's always good to have a set of eyeballs that's not in it to be able to kind of, you know, and so it's also good to be able to get away from it yourself and look at it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we just went through that recently. Um, we had to, we, uh, started running the profit first system. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, I'm not, uh, you should definitely, man. Uh, and anybody listening, you should go pick up that uh, copy of it today. It changed the game for us so much. Uh, it's called Profit First by Michael Michalowicz. I don't know how to spell his last name. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's such a simple concept that works in tandem with human nature. Okay. Uh, unlike a lot of accounting formulas. Uh, and, and you, you know, the basic accounting formula is uh, uh, gross minus expenses equals profit. But it shouldn't be that. It should be the uh, uh, gross minus profit equals expenses. You got to pay yourself first. You can't be in business if you don't profit. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I was guilty of this for so long, but it just, anyways, I'm going down a tangent, bro. No, nah, dude, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, so here's the thing. We're, our industry is, is very different. We have a lot of small operators, little guys that, you know, they own a couple of bits of gear. They own a bunch of stuff that is, um, works for them and in that moment, but there are a lot of people that would love to be able to grow and scale and create more opportunity for themselves, but they don't know how. And so this is one of those key metrics that says, okay, how can we actually grow a business and create something that's more than just, I go out and I do my gig and I bring my gear with me and I make a few extra dollars and I feel good about it. But instead... I want to begin to create momentum that leads me down the path of, of success so that maybe I don't have to work myself 
225 days a year. You know, I used to travel, like physically travel 200 plus days a year to do what I do. I mean, all over the country and all over the world, running all over the place. And it's tiresome. I mean, after a while, you kind of look at it and while it's fun and it's great, you know, you're getting calls from your kids at, you know, two o'clock in the morning in, in Singapore, cause they haven't seen you for a week and you're talking to them, but you're dead tired and you got to be up at 6am that morning to be ready to go for the next show, et cetera. Um, you know, and you look at that and you think, wow, like they're, they're, this can be better and I know we can do stuff different. So learning in that profit first things that are great is all stuff that we want to learn to create more opportunity for us, just like anybody else does. There's a lot of entrepreneurial mindset in our world. So um, I think that makes sense. So the idea then pay yourself first and then figure out how much you can afford later after that. Is that the idea with the expenses and things like that? Yeah. Um, you're talking about like the profit first. So like, yeah, what it, what, here, here's the simplest way I can explain it. Um, before profit first, I used to, uh, just open my account, look at my bank account, be like, Oh, we got money. Yes. We can make that investment or whatever. And you know, just go like that. And then there'll be times where I get in the cash flow crunch because you can't just look at it, your account and everything. And then, like, Oh, I'm cool. And then, because there's so many hidden costs, opportunity, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of moving parts. And so uh, after, and, and what would happen as a result is I would hustle, 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 grow, and then make all these investments to keep growing and hire these people, blah, blah, blah. And my business turned into a cash eating machine and I never paid myself barely anything. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. anything, sometimes. And, yep very common theme for uh for business owners and so what profit first teaches you is you pay yourself first no matter what and this is how you do it and you, and you can set up more than five accounts but here's the five foundational accounts you have an account and you label it income and that's where every single dollar that you transact goes to that that account then you have the next account which is opex operating expenses and that's where you pay everything out, all of your materials, contractors, subcontractors, whatever, all the expenses get paid out of that. Then you got your tax account where you, you put money away for taxes. So Uncle Sam doesn't lock you up at the end of the year. Yeah. Because <laughs> trust me, guys, you don't want to go to prison. I've been there. It's not cool. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, you have your profit account. And then, uh, you know, you, you, you allocate towards profit. And then you also have your owner's compensation account. And that's, you know, by law, you're, you're legally bound by law to, you have to pay yourself a salary if you're an equity owner and you work inside the business. Yeah. And so as you had those, then you set the percentages, you know, it's so like we put 15% of every single dollar that we transact away for taxes. We put uh, 45% of every dollar that we transact for operating expenses and so on, you know, and then every single uh I, we do it on the 10th and the, and the 25th twice a month we allocate whatever hit the income account and we based on those percentages we put it in the different accounts so it separates it and then bam you're paid right? no matter what and i'll tell you what uh you may be thinking like well i gotta grow i gotta grow why are you growing because you because you probably started for a reason to 
it started to be time and financial freedom yep. for whatever reasons were tied to that. But those were probably the two things. And why not, why not have financial freedom right now? You can literally, if you're at a six figure mark, you should be financially free in your business and still be able to operate it. Um, so yeah, man, it's changed the game for us for sure. That's, that's awesome, dude. What, um, so going backwards a little bit, kind of thinking about where you've come from, you know, you said the first two years you did the network marketing, um, were there a couple of other things in between that network marketing and then, you know, what you're doing now with the podcasting and the brand building and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, so you said, was there something in between the network Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. So two years of network marketing, that was six years, you know, four years ago, I guess at that point where you finished that, what, what kind of came in between all of that with, you know, your network marketing and then you moved into what, what was the kind of the next steps as you look to grow and then getting you to where you are now? Yeah. So before podcasting and right after network marketing, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I left network marketing, become um, my own business, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to be a, a life coach and a speaker. Okay. And, dude, I didn't make any money or help anybody as a life coach because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I, I could probably help people from like a personal development standpoint, but I didn't know anything about business or marketing or anything. And so I, it was just, man, it was just a bunch of repeated failure over and over and over again, trying to figure this stuff out. Um, and then I moved on from that because uh, a lot of people kept telling me that most entrepreneurs don't want, you know, don't really care about the personal development. They want, they want something that's going to help them make money. And so I was like, all right, I'll become a business coach. But I was like, man, I can't become a business coach, man. You know, I don't, I'm not successful. And so, <laughs> uh, and then long story short, there's this guy that reached out after I launched the podcast and, you know, I was having success with my brand, but I still wasn't making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And he reached out and he's like, dude, I got this program. It's about lead generation, customer acquisition and scaling a business. Uh, I've ran it before. I've had uh, a thousand successful graduates, over 20 million in revenue. Uh, and I want to repurpose it with you, with you being the face of it. And we put it out to your audience. I was like, and you're going to run it with me. He's like, yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And, uh, and I was doing it. We were bringing people in, but man, I just felt shady. I felt slimy, like a scumbag, like an imposter, all these things. Cause I'm sitting here trying to achieve what I'm teaching people by teaching it. And, um, it was just backwards to me. And so, uh, I couldn't do it anymore. It just didn't align with my core values. And so I pulled the plug on it and I called myself out on Facebook on Christmas day of 2018 and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just continue doing this affiliate marketing, this podcast. I'm going to go back to the drawing board. When I have something that's legit, I'll come back to the marketplace uh, when I'm ready. And uh, I ended up coming back about six months later or three months later uh, with podcasts because uh, I ended up discovering that uh, people wanted to pay for that. And I had a lot of skills in podcasting. Yeah. So it's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. couple of steps. Uh, I mean, I think that's, that is the way it goes for most people is you try one thing and you figure out does it or doesn't it work and then you move on to the next and I really appreciate as an entrepreneur hearing you say that you know feeling like you were selling something that you weren't really an expert yet at like it wasn't like your you know you weren't there yet um, 
is is I love that. I'm always I'm very much the person that's like I don't want to teach somebody how to do something that I have not mastered yet myself, um, because I don't feel as if I have the capability. I haven't earned the cred, I guess, to be able to do that. Um, but now you have. I mean, you have a, a fantastic podcast. You're you're growing. You've got you know the 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 underdog family is really uh, a bunch of people that are looking to grow and get better at what they do. Um, what is from a podcasting standpoint, talk a little bit about where you see podcasting going. And then do you think that people should, you know, is it somewhere, is it too oversaturated or is there really a lot of opportunity still left there? Yeah, man. Um, do I think it's, uh, going away? No, not at all. It's uh, just now entering its golden age, honestly. Um, but, uh, and do I think it's oversaturated? Not at all either. I mean, dude, this is per Nielsen.com uh, stats and facts. Uh, there's, there's less than a million active podcasts out right now. Less than a million. That ain't nothing, dude. <laughs> you know how many active YouTube channels there are? I have no idea hundreds and hundreds of millions like wow. like well i know last time i looked at at that uh at the youtube uh this was back in 2018 they had over 350 million uh or over 300 million i can't remember the exact number it's a lot a lot yeah exactly <laughs> and there's not even a million podcasts out i mean think about how many instagram pages there are how many tiktok channels you know what i'm saying uh and there's not even a, a million podcasts yet. And the reason why is because it's hard to podcast. It's hard. There's a lot more resistance in, in, I mean, you know, yeah. you got to get micro, you got to learn how to use the microphone and connect it into your computer and any other, you know, equipment that comes along with it. You got to learn how to, how to record your episodes and edit them and then get them published on your hosting service. You got to learn how to use your hosting service. You got to learn how to get your podcast from your hosting service out to all the platforms like Apple, Spotify, all that. So there's just, it's just so much uh, harder to run a podcast than any other social media platform. And that's why most people don't do it because a lot of people don't like to do hard stuff because people are soft, but uh, sorry, I'm just keeping it real. But uh, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, no, I don't think it's going anywhere, man. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely still a lot of opportunity out there. That's awesome. What, uh, if somebody wanted to start a podcast, what should they do? Where do they start? I mean, podcast powertrain is probably the best place to go, but, uh, (laughs) what, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. What if somebody wants to start even something that's very niche, if they think, oh man, I don't have anything to talk about. I don't have a expertise or anything that I can share with other people. Uh, where do they start? Um, start off by going to my YouTube channel. It's just named after me, Zach Babcock. And then, uh, right there, the, the featured video on my channel, uh, shows you how to dial in your podcast marketing message, which is the most important thing you're going to do whenever you launch a podcast. And then, uh, and then once you get your marketing message dialed in and figure out the concept and whatnot of your, of your show, then go back to my channel and watch the playlist I have on how to start a podcast. And it shows you exactly how to get it up uh, and launched. Awesome. I'll have to go watch that. Probably get, <laughs> help me, help me get a little bit better. You know, we're only 40 episodes in, but we can always improve and make things better. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. What, uh, 
oh darn my it just left my brain um podcast learning growth is tough and when you're trying to learn something new your brain wants to like like i always get my brain just gets weary when i'm learning something new what do you do to combat that if as you grow, so you're growing your podcast, you're growing your business, you're doing all of that stuff. What do you do to um, restart your brain when it starts to get mushy from decision fatigue and, and all the learning and trying to like process all this stuff all the time? Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's crazy, but um, when I first was starting off uh, as an entrepreneur, like, um, I had a lot more time. And so I was able to dedicate it more to, uh, to like diving into courses and honing and mastering skills and developing stuff. And now, uh, I still spend my time, uh, developing skills, uh, as much as I can. I just don't have as much of the time as I used to. Cause you know, I got a business running and yep. a million other things going on, but, uh, I just, uh, I just always try to continue to, to, uh, learn and grow, uh, whether it's reading a book, whatever, something every day where I'm just constantly sharpening that X because, uh, the moment you stop doing that, you know, the next guy that's hungrier than you, that's, you know, down below is gonna, gonna, gonna pass you up. Yeah. If you're not, if you are not growing, you're dying in one way, shape or form or another. So we got to keep going forward. Um, through that growth though, when you're, when you're, when your actual physical mind is overwhelmed, what do you do to bring yourself back to that center when you're like, Oh my gosh, there's all this stuff I got to learn. There's all these things I got to do. You know, it's like if they watch your video about how to create a podcast, I'm sure there's so much information in there that they're going to say, wow, how am I going to do all of this? Um, you know, and, and I work with a coach that always says, well, it's not a problem. It's just things that need to be done. But how do you how do you shift your mind to, to get out of that overwhelmed state and bring the focus to what needs to be done one step at a time? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And uh, the answer is going to be even funny because it kind of goes with that, but uh, ask great questions. So uh, <laughs> um, what I do is I, I, I literally ask myself, I say, what's the most important thing that I could be doing right now to move us closer to our vision, to our, to our 90 day targets, you know, um, that question. And sometimes I'll get the answer right away. Or sometimes, you know, I have to keep on asking it with intensity and, um, but you know, it, I always figure it out by asking the right questions. And I know it sounds so simple, but dude, you do that and then you journal about it or you write some stuff down, you think about it or you go to sleep on it, whatever, you're going to get the answers eventually if you ask it with enough certainty of, of getting that answer. And uh, that that's how I, how I usually come about it. That's awesome, dude. That's super profound. I've never thought about it like that. That's That's huge. Asking questions to get yourself out of that circular cycle of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my, because that I know I get into that. I'm like, there's this and this and this, and I'm counting all these things that need to get done. Um, and and one of my favorite books of all time, one of the things he talks about is slow it down. Um, it's a book about negotiation. It's never split the difference, but I think that that is a that is a critical portion of life in general is slow it 
down, bring it back. And like you said, ask the questions. What are those? What is the most critical thing that I could be doing right now to push the needle just a little bit closer to what this next goal is that we're working on? Well, dude, thank you so much. I mean, that tons of information. Uh, I mean, your your history, your story. I know we didn't get a ton into it, but understanding that you can go from really, truly, I mean, honestly, at zero, you you, can't, you get out of prison. I mean, that's a complete restart of your life. I, I can't even imagine what that would be like, but uh, that shows that there is such resilience there and being able to grow that. So thanks, man, for one, working so hard and then being willing to share with people what it takes to go from from a place like that to where you are now with such a, a beautiful family and growing and helping people see that it is possible. And when you're down and out, it doesn't mean that you are or you have to stay there, but instead you can go and climb back up that ladder and really truly see the life that you want to see. So thanks, man, for taking the time today. Talk to us a little bit about that. Dude, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, dude. Well, hey, man, thanks so much. Um, I hope you have a great time, uh, a great rest of your week, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Much love, man. Your life is solely up to you. Don't let anyone else tell you how to live your life, but instead go out there and do it exactly the way that you want to. Here's the great thing about being an event professional. We can define our destiny in more ways than most people ever get the opportunity to. So don't waste it. Remember, here at Gig Ready, we're here to help you become a better professional, to get better at what you do, and to be the absolute most incredible individual that is possibly out there. So jump in, tell others about Gig Ready, let them know how they can become better professionals too, and we'll see you next time.